This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the first post-game podcast of the new Premier League season as we react to the perfect start from Liverpool as they beat Norwich City 3-0 at Carrow Road. Mohamed Salah set up Diogo Jota and then Roberto Firmino to score before getting the goal his excellent performance deserved as the Reds fired a warning to their title rivals that they're going to be a force to be reckoned with once again. And as always on this podcast, we have every angle covered as we get the verdict from the press box, from the dugout and from the stands. And we'll start by hearing from the Liverpool Echoes, Liverpool Pool FC correspondent Paul Gorst, followed immediately by hearing Jurgen Klopp's post-match press conference in full. Liverpool are up and running again. Uh, a 3-0 win here at Norwich kicks off their Premier League season in style. Uh, as Liverpool really puts uh, the host of the sword. Um, two years ago, Liverpool kicked off their charge toward a 19th Premier League title with a three-goal uh, margin win against the Canaries. And they've done so again this evening, this time at Carroll Road. Um, the last visit here 18 months ago with a slender 1-0 win from Sadio Mane's winner taking them 25 points clear but uh, it's a very different atmosphere this time around at Norwich with fans back in after 18 months away from the ground and um, to be fair to Norwich they put up a bit of a fight early on um, put Liverpool under pressure in several spells in the first half before the deadlock was eventually broken through Diogo Jota um, a sublime touch from Mohamed Salah uh, whether he meant it or not only the Egyptian will know but uh, he laid in Jota after a wonderful cross from the magnificent Trent Alexander-Arnold and uh, Jota made it 1-0 fire and passed Tim Krul. Um In the second half, Liverpool continued uh, pretty much where they left off in the first half, really pushing and probing for that second. Uh, and it finally arrived after um, Klopp had brought on Roberto Firmino and Fabinho off the bench. Uh, Salah, the majestic Salah, uh, probably Liverpool's man of the match on a night when there were several contenders. He laid in Roberto Firmino to make it 2-0. Salah not content with adding a pair of assists to his uh, all-round game. He grabbed his first of the season himself, uh, firing past Tim Krul um, from a partially cleared corner. Liverpool really putting the foot on the neck of Norwich uh, in the last third of the game. Um, Norwich didn't really have too much of an answer as the game wore on, but Alison Becker was called into action with a uh, simply stunning save to keep Liverpool's clean sheet uh, and his clean sheet bonus uh, along with that as well. So Liverpool really uh, going up through the gears after starting a little bit sluggishly but um, finishing strongly and Fully deserving of the 3-0 win here at Carroll Road. Uh, it's um, you know it's going to be a long, cold old season for Liverpool this season. One with uh, hopefully fewer injuries last time out. Uh, Joel Matter back. Virgil van Dijk playing his first game for a uh, competitive game for 10 months in Liverpool Red. There are lots of positives for Jürgen Klopp this evening. Uh, not more so than probably Mo Salah, as I say, uh, my man of the match. Kostas Simakas as well with a um, you know we're a decent kind of um, impersonation of Andy Robertson down that left. Uh, I thought the Greek uh, defender was excellent as well on his uh, full Premier League debut himself after signing from Olympiacos last summer. Um, so as I say, plenty to be positive about for Liverpool this evening. Uh, let's finish Norwich nil, Liverpool 3. Uh, they go on, uh, it's back to Anfield next week, Burnley and Anfield for the first game in front of fans uh, since uh, way back in March 2020. First competitive game at least. Uh, Liverpool looking good here, full value, uh, deserving their win, Liverpool 3, Norwich nil. Uh, yeah, I mean, in the circumstances, given given everything over the summer and the way the way the uh, the game was, was that about as good as it could be hoped for for the first game of the season? Pretty much, pretty much. It's like um, what you need, obviously, what you go for in the start of the season is a result. So the result is um, depends on the performance, obviously. And I think we were today um, absolutely good enough um, to win the game. 
Um, and it was the most important thing. We, we have also very professional performance, which is what I like a lot, because I said it outside already, I don't need a 20, 25 minute sensational spell um, and then losing the game. So it makes no sense. You have to be in the game. You have to start a season. That's what we did today. I'm really happy about that, being a, uh, having an away game against a freshly promoted team in the fully packed stadium for the first time. So they celebrate pretty much everything today um, together or wanted to celebrate. And that's the, the, the situation. So I'm really, really happy uh, that we played how we played. We can play better. That's clear. But I'm happy about that. Obviously, um, three from four players all on the score sheet as well. You know that that's a good omen to start the season. They've all looked pretty sharp in pre-season, and they've taken that into the campaign. Absolutely, very, very good. So you know that um, these kind of things are important that you don't even start talking about that. Um, so I'm really happy about that. But in, in general, um, how there are so many. It's good you win three 0 and you know exactly. Okay, we have to improve that. We have to improve that. We have to improve that, and we can improve that. And some things just will be better only because we have a week more time. Uh, and some things um, we have to work on, of course. And so, no, all good for the moment. Could not be better with virtual back after ages, with um, a lot of things um, um, cost us playing the first game, um, first start. Um, yeah. Nabi in a really good shape. So all this kind of stuff is really important for us. Um, and that's why I'm really happy. Okay, thank you, Neil. We've got Jim and no other hands up, guys. You are going to have to put your hands up if you want to ask questions. No, you don't have to. <laughs> yes, Jim, fire away. Hi, Jorgen. Uh, Jorgen, one of the most impressive stats that I saw in the first half was, although Norwich had an awful lot of possession, they had only one shot in target. So uh, that showed the quality of your defending there, the, how comfortable you are as a back unit as well. The Norwich, a home team, first time in the Premier League, back up, and there were, you limited them to one shot and target. Yeah, I didn't feel exactly like that. We were not overly happy with it because we had to run a lot to defend them. But you're right, in the end, they couldn't finish the situations up, which is obviously the most important thing. Uh, but we would have liked to win the balls in different areas. Um, but it's all fine. No, it's absolutely a really, it uh, was a good game. It was um, not um, the, the sensational game um, which we played already in a few moments in the past, but really good and really mature and really professional. So I'm really happy about this start. You know, let's carry on and use it. Thank you. We go to Ian Doyle from the Echo and then John West. Ian, next. Yeah, Jürgen, I just wanted to ask about Costas. Um, obviously, it's his first Premier League start. He's waited a year for it. How do you think he did? Very good. Very good. I would say for, for at least 80 minutes, was very good. Played good, was involved in all offensive stuff, defended well. And then, obviously, somebody pulled the plug a little bit. And then we... Uh, it was, um, uh, yeah, but that's normal after that long period. Um, so, no, it was a really good debut and um, um, from the start in a away game. Um, played a really good game. I mean, and how reassuring was it to see Virgil out there and just, you know, just to take he was enjoying himself again? Yeah, absolutely. So um, nobody knows, not even himself. So where is where is he? Is he a ninety percent, ninety-five percent? Like fitness-wise, is one hundred percent as where you can be. Otherwise, he wouldn't have played. But um, from a form point of view, shape, whatever, that's uh, always different. And so then each game helps, obviously. And it was really good to see him again, having him back on the pitch, especially on set pieces. Defensive set pieces looked really, really good. Um, offensive set pieces um, with the two um, monsters, with Joel, and we were really, were really good there. We, 
Um, we scored from a second ball. It, I think most goal was uh, was a brilliant routine, really, um, and getting the second ball in that area and, and finishing off. So, yeah, it was nice to have him back. Okay. And as it stands, John West to conclude the press conference for Liverpool, John? Oh, yeah. Can, can we just have a word about Mo Salah? He scored one, set up two, and became the first man to score in each of the last five opening days. It, it seems he's willing to carry on where he's left off. <laughs> the, fir- the first ever, or what? The I, first I, ever player who scored. In the Premier League, he scored in the <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's first opening day, opening weekend. I, I would assume he knew about it and wanted to score that, uh, but that's why it was extra motivation. Um, so yeah, really good game. Come on, when 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 you know about that and you set up the first two goals, um, uh, which is um, really cool. Uh, and he, after he scored, he, he, he tried to find Sadio twice um, with a pass. So it was really really good. Oh, more is more. Eh? So um, when you when the competition starts, he goes in the next year. Um, and because he's a proper competitive boy, and um, so yeah, good to have him. The post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. We'll now hand the show over to six Liverpool supporters who, quite rightly, are feeling pretty good after what they've just witnessed. And we'll start with Ross Strachan, Mark Baker and Alex Watts. So that's it. The Reds are up and running. The season is up and running. A 3-0 win for the Reds against Norwich City and a thoroughly enjoyable victory. Tremendous to see the fans back in there, home and away. It feels like real football is finally back. And God, I've missed it so much. Last season was horrendous. Absolutely the most enjoyable season of football I've ever been involved in. Thank God, real football's back. And last season is just a pure and not should be should be a joke season. Doesn't even count in my opinion. Yeah, we got in Champions League places, but it doesn't matter. Right, this season now is the real football has begun. And we've begun with a lovely, lovely 3-0 victory. And I thought Liverpool were excellent today. Totally confident and dominant in the victory. Lovely to see Virgil van Dijk after such a long absence back. The colossus that he is, the, the human being that he is. Wonderful, wonderful man. Brilliant to see him back. Um, Joel Matip again next to him. Never lets Liverpool down. If he stays fit, he will never, ever let the Reds down. We've got players to come in there. We've got the Canarse we've signed, who looks like an absolute Adonis. Huge, huge fella. Got everything in his in his, in his his book to bring to the table. And yeah, 3-0, and I think it was a comfortable 3-0 in the end. And a couple of mentions you've got to give there. Timmy Cass on the left, coming in for Andy Robbo, who got that injury pre-season. Looks like he could be out for you know a few, at least a few weeks, couple possibly a couple of months. Timmy Cash didn't get really any sort of run last season for various reasons, but you know what? I thought he was excellent today. Little bits of skill, beat beat a man, took him on, left um, left a couple of players, got a good left foot, really good left foot, put a great ball in. So yeah, put a few good balls in for the Reds today there and. Yeah, I thought Timmy Cass was excellent. But you've got to mention, and it's the only player you can mention really, it's Mo Salah. Put some respects on this man's name. Mo Salah has got to be one of the most underrated 
players in Premier League history and maybe Liverpool's history. His record is incredible. His goal scoring record is is look just look at it on paper. It speaks for itself. Why he doesn't get more credit? People talk about all these other players in the Premier League. Look at what this man's done in the last four or five years. It's incredible. And yet again, he's delivered the goods, scored today on the opening game of the season. And you can guarantee the man's going to go 30 deep. He's going to go 30 deep, isn't he? There's going to be 30 goals at least. 25, 30, 40, even who knows? He's a great player. What a player. So underrated and... I'm so happy for him and I'm so happy that he's a red and we can get a few more years out of him. We just need to give that man a little bit more respect and I think Liverpool fans do respect him, you know what I mean? We we, we know what we've got on our hands but I think the league don't understand what they've got on their hands and he is a special, special talent, believe me. But I don't care what anyone else thinks. Liverpool fans know what we've got on our hands. And Mo Salah, keep doing what you're doing. If you want to fly under the radar, it's all good for me, baby. Let's just keep going. So, yeah, all in all, really, really enjoyable game. You know, I've, you know, I've been at the pub with my family and I've seen the fans in there, the fans in the pub, and it's just been like, there's been no restrictions. I can see the fans in the ground just going crazy and... It's just joy. It's been a horrible, horrible couple of years and there's light now at the end of the tunnel. We're, we're there. Lovely to see the Liverpool fans, the away fans in there. Can't wait to get back into Anfield for a huge league game and huge you know, European games. All to play for this season. I don't care about the, the big spending cities and the Chelsea's. Liverpool are in this race, believe me. We are a good side. We've still got a good squad. We've still got an incredible manager. We've still got incredible players. And we're in this for the long haul. Come on, Liverpool! Comfortable uh, winning the end for Liverpool at Norwich. A game which was obviously good to get Liverpool off to a positive start of the season. I felt Norwich obviously a limited opposition in, in relation to the level of that team within the Premier League. And I think that'll play out in terms of where they and they'll where they'll finish in the league and, and potentially really struggle so it was a, a favorable uh, fixture however when you play in a newly promoted side away from home on the opening day it's probably the worst time to play them because they're full of confidence there's that momentum from the season prior so there's always the opportunity of a banana skin believe that in terms of the, the side, the real quality for me within the Liverpool side came from the right-hand side of the pitch. So Trent Alexander-Arnold and Mohamed Salah, I felt, were the players who, well, obviously in Salah's case, made some defining moments within the game. And every time Alexander-Arnold got on the on the football, I always felt something could happen, such was his, his ability to deliver the final pass. And it, that just seems to be a an ongoing theme now. I mean, obviously he had a difficult spell towards the start of the previous season, as most of the team did, but finished the season really strongly and is such a, a massive player for Liverpool in terms of when they're in possession of the ball. So, them two were the standouts within the game for me. I believe that, obviously, he's, he's decided to play Van Dijk from the start. I felt that would be the case. You want to try and get Van Dijk back as soon as you possibly can. And Matip was always going to play alongside him. Matip's a fantastic player. Massive fan of both uh, Joel Matip and Joe Gomez, who've both, at times during the Liverpool career, have shown their 
the perfect partner for Van Dijk. Or both have different different attributes, but are both for me elite qualities as as a centre half in both players, and obviously massively missed last season. I mean, there's a lot of talk, obviously, with Canate. He's coming out and seen a great deal of Canate, and obviously seems to be high, really highly rated. But he will really have to be a really good player to force his way above in the pecking order above them two players. I mean, you could possibly see Gomez getting minutes at right back as he recovers from his injury, just because of, I believe that, you know, playing the both of Van Dijk and Gomez together at centre-half in a game, I think that'd be a difficult one after so long, long out, and obviously Van Dijk's going to play every game, so I could possibly see that being the case. Now, in relation to the midfield for Liverpool, I felt, I felt, obviously looking at the team, Going into the game, I've never seen Milner play as a single midfield player in his career. Um, you know, people talk about how many positions Milner's played, but I can pretty much certain that he's never adopted that role in a meaningful Premier League fixture, maybe in, in, in a cup type, for instance. And I felt Liverpool struggled. Liverpool struggled to dominate possession, if you, as you might have expected, against the Norwich side. However, Norwich did play into Liverpool's hands and were probably the ideal opponents in that a limited team in terms of possession. However, tried to play in a manner which would represent a top team, i.e. build them from the back, which we know Liverpool's pressure in them areas is very good and Liverpool were able to turn the ball over and get themselves into really advantageous areas when Norwich Norwich's shape was compromised. So, But in terms of with the ball, I did feel Liverpool struggled and I've believed for a while now, going on two seasons, that James Milner has gone beyond the, the level of quality you know, to be able to play as a regular player for Liverpool. And it did concern me when I seen him lining up in midfield. Obviously, received a booking and playing in an unfamiliar role. I mean, when you think about that deepest lying player in top teams within Europe, it's very much gone over the days of just being an enforcer. It's almost a quarterback role in terms of the quality you have to have on the ball. And obviously Milner, more accustomed to playing in one of the higher positions with his great strength being obviously when the ball's turned over and playing in transition rather than with the ball. And that was a struggle I felt to build the game for Liverpool. Oxlade-Chamberlain, a player who I always believe is better in central midfield. That is the play, the position that if he's ever going to be a first-team regular Liverpool, it would be the position he'd have to play. He doesn't. He has to have space in front of him to travel with the ball into, drive forward, and see the game in front of him. Didn't really get into the football game. Obviously, coming off the back of a season which he barely featured for Liverpool, which really tells a story, I suppose, about where he was in Klopp's pecking order. And it'll be interesting to see if he quickly drops out of the out of the the, the first selection for that midfield. Obviously, he's had a full pre-season, which meant that he. he He'd been selected, but he really has dropped down. And you could see that little bit of confidence has gone from him. Probably knows that it's unlikely that he's going to play 90 minutes. And you can see that in his game. He's lost that that bit of... The confidence that he had before his injury, because I felt that he was flying at that point in time. And every aspect of his game, in terms of his intensity, his ability to progress the ball, travelling, just seems to have deserted him at this moment in time. And it obviously hasn't helped the he hasn't been a fixture in the side and he's been making cameo appearances throughout last season in areas that aren't really suitable for him, i.e. high and wide or in the more advanced position centrally. So, uh, Naby Keita, I felt 
I think that the thing with Cater is people have to get the the ideas of what they expect from Cater. Very often I hear, well, he's a very creative player. We're expecting, you know, final phase actions from him. And that isn't his game. I think people have to accept that he's a player who's good in tight spaces, able to manipulate the ball, protect the ball, very assured in his possessions. And actually is the best pressure in the Liverpool team statistically without the ball. And I felt he displayed them today. And if you're judging him on, on that, it's it's a more valid sort of barometer in which to do so rather than expecting that he's gonna, you know, influence the final third. He's he's not that kind of player he's shown in over a period of time now that he isn't a player who makes the final pass. More of a player who travels with the ball or manipulates it inside spaces and progresses the ball from deeper areas. And that's a big difference to a player who, for example, who Liverpool used to have and the player he, he essentially replaced was which was Felipe Catino, could flip from that free man midfield, especially at the end of his time at Liverpool, in terms of the inside left position, or he could operate in the highest position on the left-hand side as part of the front three. And I, I mentioned in the podcast the other day, but I do believe that's what Liverpool are lacking, them options of a player who can do that, a player who's got the final pass to hit moving targets. And I feel that, you know, you look at some of the, the competition that other teams have got in them areas, you know, your Grealish's, the Bruins, Phil Foden's and... I do think Liverpool still lack that and may be a factor um, in determining that they fall short at the end of the year, which, looking at the squads, having peaked for two seasons and a massive amount of points they did, and basically winning the league for two seasons, barring the fact that City, obviously, you know, when I say winning the league for two seasons, I mean the amount of points they accumulated, two of the biggest in English football history, basically won it twice, but for City, and that level of consistency is difficult to replicate. I think every team has its peak and the introduction of that kind of player, I feel, could just take Liverpool on a level if they had that within their player profiles within the squad. And that's where it's interesting for me about Harvey Elliott because how good is this player? How early? I wouldn't know. But he is a player with that profile who could play in the front three, but also play in midfield and potentially find a pass and play as the hybrid player as Casino was. But I really don't know his level at this stage and obviously he's a very young player. So interesting in that sense. Um, but Liverpool got over the line. I, I believe that Jota obviously played up the top at the end of the pitch in, in terms of Firmino. It's not a position I really see him excelling in as the uh, number nine playing in the tightest areas. I think he can be very inconsistent um, in his ability to maintain possession. And it doesn't seem to me that it's a position he's entirely comfortable with. And I think Liverpool's performance improved vastly when... Firmino and obviously Fabino came into midfield. So Liverpool got the job done in the end and move on to the next one and that's all you can ask for. It's a positive start to the season and you can only beat what's in front here. Liverpool will obviously recover players in Thiago, Jordan Henderson in particular, hopefully to forge that first choice midfield three with Fabino, and then you can start to see that greater level of control and domination of games um, that you would want and the level of performance will hopefully improve. Hello, Alex Watt from Did It Cross The Line podcast. And it's good to be back, isn't it? Um, first game of the season, starting with a win. Uh, lovely to have the Premier League back. Lovely to have all our centre-backs back. Lovely that all our players made it through 90 minutes unharmed. Lovely to have fans back in the stadiums. That'll be even better when we see the first league game back at Anfield next weekend. But... 
even when I heard the first shout of shoot from the crowd when the ball fell to a player outside the area, I was like, okay, nature is healing. Um, Of course, there's been, you know, a lot of chat about transfer business from Liverpool and obviously we've only brought in Canate so far, but I think tying all the big guns down to new long-term contracts has been massive. I think having everyone back fit again is huge. Having players like Mane and Salah well-rested as well. And I think because of the nature of last season being such a strange one, because of obviously the number of injuries, particularly at the back, and having to play this makeshift centre-back pairing and so many different centre-back pairings, I think a lot of people have forgotten how good this Liverpool squad actually are. Because this same squad, obviously Ginny Wijnaldum aside, won the league by 18 points, what, 14 months ago? And you could even argue that we're stronger as a squad in certain ways since then because Jota, Thiago, Simakas have all come in since then. But I think because of that dip in the middle of the season, last season, plus the business City, Chelsea, Man United have done ahead of this season. The pundits are definitely overlooking us. And I'm actually quite enjoying the fact that Liverpool are going under the radar a bit going into this because we did go 10 games unbeaten at the end of last season with a makeshift team in many ways. And this is, like I say, a great squad. I think we saw the depth of the squad uh, in a lot of ways with the starting lineup today against Norwich, you know, Good old Jurgen Klopp without his glasses on, which I'm still not quite used to that one, but throwing out quite a few surprises to kick us off here, you know, made sense, as he said in his pre-match interview, that all these players had had a full pre-season, but still not a midfield I expected at all, really, with Milner, Cater and Ox as the three, but I think it does show the strength and depth we actually have in that area, even without Ginny in there. Obviously, he's going to be a big miss, but... There's such depth in that midfield area, provided obviously everyone's knees actually stay on their bodies this season, fingers crossed. But you had also obviously Jota starting over Bobby, which was a slight surprise as well, although I think Klopp is going to have to rotate that front four um, as much as he can this season to keep them all fresh. Obviously the big shock was seeing Virgil van Dijk actually start the game and my God, it was nice to see him back. It was it was almost making me emotional to see him and Matip doing the most basic defensive stuff so casually. Lovely to see Big Verge bossing everyone around again in that back line. And of course, Van Dyke didn't look entirely match fit or completely up to speed. And you could see Norwich looking to exploit that at times in their tactics. There was a lot... Coming down that side from them, I think, to target him and Simicast, who obviously don't have that same understanding and experience together like Van Dyke and Robbo do. Um, and there were a few nervy moments in the first half of Norwich trying to take advantage of our high line and things like that. But you would expect that to an extent in the opening game anyway, and some teething problems as we get rolling again, you know, the surprise midfield um probably didn't control the game as well as they could have done as much as we'd expect to see from the trio of Fabinho, Hendo, Thiago who you'd imagine will be Klopp's first pick for that area this season I don't think Ox could really get into the game as much as you'd hope to see from him but we grew into the game we got sharper and sharper as the first half went on only even then took us 25 minutes to go 1-0 up um 
Jota getting that opening goal after a bit a bit of a fortunate miscue for Mo Salah, I think, who was 100% telling all the other players during the celebration that he completely meant that touch, I reckon. But um, then Firmino obviously getting the second about five minutes after he came on. He is a different striker when he's in front of fans, I swear. But being able to bring him and Fabinho on at 60 minutes again shows the strength and depth we've got in this squad and why I think too many pundits are overlooking us for this season. And then, of course, Moussa got his inevitable opening day of the season goal after his two assists before that. And I'm sure it's going to be another great season for him because he is quite good at the football, as we know. And all in all, it's... You know, it's a first win and in the end a fairly comfortable one to kick off the season. And we know playing a promoted team can be a banana skin. Arsenal and Villa fans can tell you that from this weekend already. And yeah, first win. We just need 37 more of those and we'll be flying. So same again next weekend against Burnley, please. And let's get that title back. Cheers. Up the Reds. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Thank you very much to Alex, Mark and Ross for their verdicts. And before we finish the show, it's now over to Steve Dawson, Owen Thomas and Mike Holt. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 3-0 win at Norwich. What a wonderful result that was and what a great way to start the season. Really, really pleased with that. Hard to argue with uh, Jurgen Klopp's lineup. I-, I was thinking that maybe he'd start Fabinho, but yeah, he-, he knows much more about Fabinho's fitness and need for rest after his exertions in South America and I think in retrospect it was it was the absolute absolutely correct starting lineup and uh, it was good to see they all seemed to to work well together from the off actually um some really good performances in there obviously Mo Salah uh, the the assists and and the goal he had such a good season last in the last campaign and 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 he's continued that here which was wonderful to see I can sometimes be critical of of Trent Alexander-Arnold he sets a very high bar for himself doesn't he I I sometimes think the quality of his delivery is a little inconsistent and because he's such a high standard when he's really really good it disappoints me when he's not so great but I think today he was he was consistent and he, he was working hard and he looks fresh which I suppose is not uh, surprising seeing as that he seeing as he didn't really have to extend himself over summer having not gone to the Euros. Alison Beck, I mean, how many miraculous saves is the man going to make for us? And it was important, I think, that we had a clean sheet. Uh, scoring three goals is, is very good. Getting the three points is exactly what we wanted. But I think it would have been tarnished somewhat if we had conceded a late goal. And uh, he's just he does that so often, doesn't he? He just gets that big frame of his in the way and so pleasing to see and Joel Matip Virgil van Dijk at the back there very very encouraging indeed I thought Matip had an excellent game I think we can probably all see that there were uh, let's say slight imperfections about VVD's game that's all going to come though we we all know it's going to be polished uh, and ironed out in due course it's going to take him a little while just to get um, the habits that he wants to um, reacquire, uh, so that it's all second nature. It'll come. He was he was dominant when he needed to be. Um, perhaps a, a little bit um, 
a little bit shorter pace at times, but all of that's going to come. General sharpness, I suppose. But he looked good and it was he moved very easily, which was really nice. I noticed at one stage in the first half, in fact, well, a couple of times, he and Joel play on occasion very far apart. And and particularly when James Milner was on the field, they'd be so far apart and Milner would come in between them and drop deeper than you'd expect him to be. And that allowed... And that allowed Simicass and Trent in particular to really move up the field. Uh, I, I, I wasn't sure if that was something that was different from what I'd seen before or whether I just no, never noticed it. But it did stand out as something that um, uh, I, I hadn't spotted before. And it was, it was, uh, it actually creates an opportunity, I think, because it puts, it puts our fullbacks in a more advanced position if we have a, uh, an opposition that don't press too hard on on our centre backs. Just something I'll, I'll watch for in future. But I was yeah I was encouraged by both of our centre backs today, and I thought they're so dangerous up front for corners, aren't they as well? Uh, I think the same could be said for Konate uh, when he gets a, a run in the side. But bringing Joel Matip and Virgil Van Dijk up for a corner means that people like Sadio Mane and and Mo Salah, as we saw, he scored. Um, from a corner I think it was wasn't it they can hang around the edge of the box and in different places all of the attention is on the big guys they're a real threat offensively um, Simikas and Naby Keita I thought uh, yeah, Simikas had some, some good touches uh, um, one or two not such good touches but uh, I'm overall I'm pleased with him and I thought Naby Keita was solid the one person I probably was not so pleased with was Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain he didn't look as connected as the other players in the team to me he may have been trying a little bit too hard in many ways he and Naby Keita were in a similar situation they they both show promise they're in similar positions on either side of the field and Keita I think did the right thing he, he, he plays short balls or he'll run forward with the ball at his feet looking to do the simple things. I wonder if sometimes Ox, knowing the position he's in, trying to trying to get Jürgen's eye, trying to get a more established uh, lock on the team sheet, tries, tries to go a little bit long with his passes, tries to do some special things. And, and those special things happen occasionally, particularly when he, when he finishes smartly, which he does do from time to time. But I think he looked just a bit detached from everybody today. And I think it's very telling that he was substituted in the 59th minute and when you think that the substitution was all about bringing Fabinho on the obvious change I suppose uh, the logical change let's put it that way would be a like for like switch and take Jimmy Milner off but both me and my daughter as soon as we saw Fabinho on the touchline um, ready to come on we both said it's going to be Ox that goes off <laughs> Millie's going to take uh, Ox's position on the right and Fabinho is going to sit in front of the defence. And and for us, that was very obvious. And it was all about how disconnected Ox looked on the field today. And I think I might have said this before, but it seems to me as if this is the, you know, the, the final bell for him. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised um, if he's, if, if, if he's not with us come the end of the season. 
Um, we've still got a couple of weeks of the transfer window here. I know there's not been much activity or many stories uh, about his departure, but there's the the transfer window in in January. He seemed he seemed disappointed, predictably so, as he walked off the field. I think he knows that his time is probably up at at Liverpool, um, and the fact that Harvey Elliott came on with a big beaming smile uh, and 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 looking to continue the very fine pre-season form that he's shown uh, was um, you know indicative I think of of things to come good three points really looking forward to the next game at Gullasahi on Twitter G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I Hi this is Owen from Cop On Podcast the first game of the season is often viewed as an opportunity to make a statement. Brentford certainly did that last night, plunging their pointed needle into Arsenal's limp arm and watching them slowly fall asleep. Manchester United, at the lunchtime kickoff, sucked Leeds United dreams from Leeds United heads with a straw and then blew those dreams gently towards the August sun. European champions Chelsea, Lukakulus, smashed through the gates and ransacked defenceless Crystal Palace. The foxes outfoxed the wolves, and then it was Liverpool's turn. Virgil van Dijk, Joel Matip, Jota, Salah, Mane, Firmino and Fabinho, Trent, Milner, Chamberlain, Alisson, Ramesses, Becker, Young, Harvey, were magnificent. The statement we made, Jurgen Klopp's blooming red rose, was that in the beginning was the mounting fire that set alight the weathers from a spark. A three-eyed, red-eyed spark, blunt as a flower. Life rose and spouted from the rolling seas, burst in the roots, pumped from the earth and rock the secret oils that drive the grass. This is Owen from Cop On Podcast. Those lines were from Dylan Thomas. Poetry in motion, ladies and gentlemen, is back. Liverpool 3, Norwich nil. 18 months since we had a full capacity in the ground watching the Reds. That was incredible to see today and got me so giddy going into Burnley next week at Anfield on a personal note. But seeing the starting eleven come out before the match, I did initially feel that was a bit of a makeshift midfield with Kate and Milner and the Ox, as we haven't seen them together before. But how could you not be excited about seeing Virgil van Dijk in that starting eleven again? Jota has a great chance with a looping header in the tenth minute, saved by Tim Krul, with the Reds really taking the game to the Canaries. You could tell that Norwich are a ball-playing team and like to come out and play which isn't usually something you'd expect with a promoted team, so it really suited the Reds, that pressing game, to put them under pressure to determine how good they really were. Pukki did get in behind in the 20th minute with a lack of communication between Van Dijk and Matip, which is to be expected after their absence. 
but it only gave them a glimpse of confidence as Jota made it 1-0 with a great shot, sending the travelling Reds into constant singing until the end of that half. Norwich did get in behind again on the half-hour mark, and to be honest, Van Dijk did look a little hesitant in his decision-making, whether to come or go on them occasions, but that's no dig at him because he's got to go up to match speed. Really enjoyed Simicasa's performance in that first half in terms of going forward, always wanting the ball to be an option for the midfield three. Second half, we started with the same tempo, Harry in their midfield, nicking the ball and starting those counter-attacks, which is something that you'd associate with the best of Liverpool. We've seen Firmino and Fabino come on for Jota and Chamberlain on the hour mark, and I'm not sure if it's a negative as such, but I was a little disappointed by Chamberlain, who I felt the game just passed him by a bit. He was the attacking one of the midfield three, and I didn't notice him, which I think is quite telling, to be honest. I felt like that was a good substitution at the time to gain some control in the game, and it turned out to be a great sub, with Mo putting it on a plate for Bobby to make it 2-0 and putting the Reds into a very comfortable position. And with the Reds in full control, the ball falls nicely to Mo Salah, who guides it into the side net and to make it 3-0, who, to be honest, truth be told, had been relatively quiet up until then. But as Mo Salah does, he always breaks records, and that's another one that he makes it five successive opening game goals. It was also really great to see Harvey Elliott come on for the last 10 minutes there, which I think just shows that he won't be a bit part player this season. He'll be a difference maker off the bench and potentially taking Shakiri's previous position there. And then just when you're thinking everything's comfortable, Allison pulls off a Napoli-esque save in the last few minutes there, making sure the Reds keep a clean sheet. Overall, a fantastic start to the season, a great team performance. I can't wait to get back to Anfield next next week on a personal level. No doubt it'll be emotional and the Reds have given us a great chance to go on to strive for glory this season. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.